Hello and welcome to the Travel Radio Online Podcast. My name is Megan Chapa, host of the podcast, and today I am privileged to have Susie Schwartz on the program with me. Welcome, Susie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Actually, great. The sun is actually shining here in Washington, D.C., so it's a miracle. That is a miracle. Here in Oxford, too. Miracle, miracle. Oh, that's an extra miracle. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Just as a way of introducing Susie before we get into the topic of the podcast, I would like to mention a few of Susie's accomplishments and things that benefit me personally and that I'm thankful for as a military spouse and that Susie has blazed the path for us uh, coming up in, in the military community. Last year was MilitarySpouse.com's 10th anniversary of their publication and Susie was awarded the Service Award for 2017. The things that Susie's passionate about are promoting better educational opportunities for military spouses, career opportunities, which is what we're going to get into here in the tourism industry, and medical care. Um, and something that I'm very thankful for, and as a nation we're thankful for, is better facilities at Dover Air Force Base for our service members that come home, that have made that ultimate sacrifice, that it's a hospitable place to receive them. And to include, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry, a Fisher house. So Susie, thank you for everything you've done for our community and for my life that is better in this community because of you. You're welcome. Just mentioning Dover makes me cry as well. So I totally understand that. I can't even talk about it without tears coming to my eyes. Yep, I'm there. Oh, okay. But Susie, let's talk about the thing that brought us together, which was your book, which we'll get into the topic of the book, which is an excellent read and will be on a uh, summer reading list that I'm going to put out soon. But the reason we're talking is because you and I both have the privilege and pleasure to have, and I currently still work in the travel and tourism industry. And I think, and I think that you'll agree, it is a good option for military spouses. It is. It really, it was for me. It really was. The purpose of the podcast and mission statement is to, to connect travelers to travel professionals. Right. And uh, and so, and that's where we're going to work our way in. Military spouses, uh, you are missing an opportunity if you haven't considered the tourism industry because it's a portable career. Yes. You can, you can take it wherever you are. You can transfer to, even if you can't go in the same company, the, the skills right. transfer. Good. Uh, would you tell us a little bit about your time at Hyatt and and how they treated you and what you were able to do with that as you guys moved around the country and the world? Sure. Um, I came into working in the hotel business sort of by accident. I had been a school teacher. I had worked in a bank. And we moved as a squadron commander to um, Tacoma, Washington. And I literally answered an ad just for a no-name hotel and worked there for two years. Mm-hmm. And we moved to D.C. and I went to work for the Hilton for about eight months. And then I saw um, a new hotel was opening up, a new Hyatt was opening up. And I went out there and they hired me. Believe it or not, I started as a secretary in the catering department. And um, Hyatt was good to me from day one. I got to open a hotel, which is a wonderful experience for those that have never done it. Mm-hmm. And um, you get to be in there on the ground floor, meet everyone, all the executives of Hyatt, that kind of stuff. And I worked, I was managed to work there for three years. I'll tell you why later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then moved to um, Florida, and I did not work there. It was too hard. And I literally, like, 
maybe a year and a half later, I interviewed over the phone. This was even before really computers were big. I interviewed over the phone in a thunderstorm in my kitchen in Fort Walton <laughs> Beach, Florida. And two weeks later, I got in my car and drove up to um, back to D.C. to work at, at another Hyatt. And they, um, I was able to work there for two years. And then I left again. And then I came back and I had breakfast with my old general manager. And he said, why aren't you working? And I said, well, I don't know how long I'm going to be in town. Yep. And that wonderful man, George Visor is his name. He still works for Hyatt Hotels in their Chicago corporate office. Hmm. He said, I'll take you for as long as I have you. That's wonderful. And I was able to work there for exactly eight months. And the best part about this story was this sweet man, I had... Um, become vested in back in then it was a profit sharing plan, Mm -hmm. but I didn't pull it out when I left Hyatt. And apparently if you don't pull it out within a couple years, they absorb it. Oh no. And when I went back to the Hyatt, I said, how's my profit sharing plan? He never said a peep to me. And in those eight months, he took money out of the profits of the hotel into this line item on the budget statement. And when I left Hyatt for the third time, he had saved up enough and given me back my entire profit sharing from there, from that company. I know that's a sweet thing, isn't it? It is. That is. Well, that's an awesome boss right there for a lot of reasons. It was, uh, he was an awesome boss. I had him two different times and he was great. Another thing, what I was going to tell you was I started back in the Hyatt and I thought that my husband, he was at a school and I thought I would be able to continue on and stay in the DC area. Unfortunately, when he graduated from that military school, he got an assignment to Germany. Hmm. I was very sad. I didn't speak to my husband for two weeks. And (laughs) then I decided to stay in D.C. And I stayed at that Hyatt, which gave me the opportunity to stay in one place for three years and build up sort of professional equity with the company. Um, They were very good to me. I worked hard. And um, that was sort of the beginning, which gave me an opportunity to continue to go back each time I moved to D.C. And in all honesty, when I moved back to, see for, to D.C. for the fourth or the fifth time, I should have gone back to work. But I didn't want to, thought I would be here for a shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I sort of didn't want to have a fourth assignment, you know, or opportunity with the Hyatt that lasted eight months or less. Um, as it turned out, that assignment lasted three years and I could have gone back to work again. So, I mean, you're, you're talking everything that's happened to me and every military spouse that I know. Yes. We don't know how long we're going to be there. Right. They, when you go in for a job interview in some of these smaller towns, you're put together, you speak well. I was told once that I was hired because I had straight teeth. Not even kidding. Oh my goodness. Not even kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I won't tell you the entire town. It turned out to be a great job, but they know you're coming and they, and they're not really supposed to ask you, but they do because who cares about HIPAA? Are you a military spouse? And sometimes this works to your benefit because they probably know that you come with an education and that you are dying to use it. You know, even back then, before it was popular to hire military spouses, which it honestly is today, Mm -hmm. but even back then, I would say to them, look at me, I am... An average military spouse. This is what we look like. We are educated. We want to work. And I said, and the bonus of hiring me is I'm going to stay. And honestly, each time I left each different Hyatt, 
by that time, I was one of the senior managers mm. on the team. Awesome. Because people leave. They go and get a better job. You know, you can get a job that pays better, but you can't get a job that has a better corporate structure, you know, than mm-hmm. staying with mm-hmm. a big company in the travel industry. At least that's the way it was for me. I mean, they sent me to Saint-Malier school. Oh. Um, I got opportunities to do a lot of different things with them. Uh, but I was always one of the senior people by the time that I left. Because people come and go. No yes. one stays at jobs longer than two years anymore. So if I was able to stay there for three years, that again, that was a bonus to them. Yeah, I definitely have also experienced not being hired because of being a military spouse. But I think that the way people do work at jobs these days is not, they're not looking for the pension. They're looking to use that job until they move. But the fact, you know, we we know what the average length of an assignment is. So we're going to be, we want to work that entire time because we don't know when we'll be able to do it again. Right. Now we talked, uh, working in the travel and tourism industry, uh, yes. you are able to take, we're able to take your skills from Hyatt to Hyatt or Hyatt to Hilton uh, and transfer it because everywhere you move, there's going to be a hotel. I recommend, um, being a travel agent or a travel professional because, you can take that career with you as long as you have your desktop or laptop. And right. my specific travel agency, I interviewed for, with them while we were stationed in Germany. And I, I made the phone call from Germany. I said, I'm calling from Germany. I'm going to be here another two weeks. And then I don't know how long I'll be at my next address or the next address. And I will have 10 addresses in 10 years, you know, exaggerating. But they said, that's fine because most of us work from our homes anyway. Just keep us updated. And it's been fantastic. My agency is Ticket to Travel. They're in San Jose, California. I'm affiliate for them. And, you know, you want to work for a company that want, that values you. And so it's what I like about the tourism industry is there's opportunities to travel. You set your own hours. It's not selling like a multi-level marketing type thing. And so to, we're going to get past this portion of the podcast, but all I have to say, military spouses, if you're looking for something fulfilling, the travel and tourism industry is a great place for you, and I encourage you to look that up. Well, one other thing I guess I would like to say that I had the opportunity in 2010, 2011 to sit in the U.S. Chamber of Commerce building and watch as the DOD and Ms. Obama and Ms. Biden um, announced Military Spouse Employment Partnership. And I sat in that room with my husband in the front row, and we were the only service chief and spouse that actually attended, I think, that mm-hmm. day. But I cried and my husband looked at me and he, he was like, why are you crying? This is a happy thing. But I mean, they were literally tears of joy. Mm-hmm. They were tears of having people go out and check your car for the sticker. They were tears of, as a school teacher, being offered a job to escort people like to the lunchroom mm-hmm. instead of being a school teacher. They were tears um, of starting at a hotel and um, at the very bottom of working in a bank and being armed and robbed at gunpoint, oh. all the things that I did trying to have a job and a career. And now at that moment, I believe there were like 80 companies that had signed on today. There are a couple hundred, but, but that, that fueled my passion for military spouses um, and their employment mission. And you're right. The travel industry is a good one. And um, I'm prou- proud to say that Hyatt and Hilton are quite involved mm. and continue to stay involved and, um, 
I, I sent them a note recently to the Hyatt Corporation thanking them for their involvement, and they were a big sponsor of the Wounded Warrior Games that were hosted in Chicago when they held they hosted mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the wounded um, you know um, participants at one of the Hyatt hotels in Chicago. So um, it's all connected, and it's um, things are good in the travel industry if you choose to go that route. Do you have any resources that you want to point people to? I would say really go to the Military Spouse MSEP website or to SECO. Uh, just Google's SECO.com, and those are DOD ways to find, way, you know, employment. And the DOD is still very committed to helping military spouses find employment. Excellent. And I will put all of those links in the show notes so people can just click, click right through on the right. show notes. Yep. Right. Yeah. Now, you just revealed a couple secret things about yourself. One is you have a sommelier certificate. Oh. So you must have awesome parties. <laughs> I mean, that was the first level of the course. It was like a 13-week course. But, um, yes, that was wonderful. And I do host awesome parties. That is kind of something that I'm known for. Um, and, if, and every time I post a picture of my parties on my Facebook page that gets most hits of anything, I mean, it always makes me laugh. I'm like, I'm trying to share real information on my <laughs> Facebook page and I get 8,000 hits when I post a picture of my, you know, dining room table. So. And you have, anyway. you blog about this, correct? I do. I'm not a very good blogger. I've had two different people. I hire military spouses to help me blog. That's how pathetic I am on the computer. Um, but they try to bug me and make me do better about blogging. Okay, yes. good. And what's that? Mm-hmm. What's the website there? Susie Schwartz says. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. S-A-Y-S. Yes. Yes. And the second thing you maybe unwittingly revealed is that you may have been robbed at gunpoint during your bank teller days <laughs> we have to hear this story before we move on this you can tell why sometimes the, the young spouses want me to write a book of my own because i do have them <laughs> um i really i accepted a job as a teller and that's the lowest of the low in the banking world mm. but i um i did it just as um getting my foot in the door trying to find out something else besides teaching school and I was probably on the job for less than two weeks. It was at a um, savings and loan that was located in Fair Oaks Mall. And we, um, the robbers came in. We had two entrances, and they came in from both entrances. And they jumped over the counter with their guns, and I was on the floor with a gun to my head. Uh-huh. And um, it was a scary experience. I actually called my husband. The FBI comes. It's a long day because... You have to wait for the FBI to come. Yes. And my husband actually left the Pentagon and came out to meet me. And um, the next morning, I showed up to work. I was the only person that showed up the next morning. And out of that, I got a promotion. I doubled my pay, and I never had to work in a branch again. I got to work wow. in the corporate offices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my so, goodness. So commitment gets you somewhere. Um, you never know. But um, it does. Wow. Okay. Well, that didn't make your book, but the reason we got connected (laughs) to talk on this podcast is because Mm -hmm. I read your book, um, which Mm -hmm. my, actually my husband, I, when you posted on Facebook, Mm -hmm. I said to my husband, Oh, you know, Nordy Schwartz's book just came out in, um, you know, we're on a first name basis now. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) yes, absolutely. Yeah. I said, you need to, you need to download it. And, and, and he actually, he has a great respect for your husband. He actually, within that hour, he texted me and said, done, I'm listening to it now. And then he said, wow, you have to listen. He said, Susie's, you know, she co-authored the book and 
uh, you should take notes because you're going to get me in trouble someday. And, and, and I, I could tell <laughs> that he, you know, there's some less, some rules that he set in place for her that I might have to put in place for you. So maybe only about asking questions and making pithy remarks. So, <laughs> um, through listening to that, I've, I've effectively listened to it about three times now just to, wow. pre- just to prepare for today. I mean, you know, yes. I'm like warp speed today, but, right. um, right. But that's how I learned that you worked in the tourism industry, which I thought, uh, you know, when we talk about working in the tourism industry, I get a lot of emails about how can I do that. Actually, a lot of people yes. from Canada that ask me. So now I actually do have some resources for you Canadians out there because um, I had to find them. But um, so I just wanted to bring you on to talk about your tourism experience because I thought that was relevant to yes. military spouses that want to work in the tourism industry. And, yes. and we connect people to people that work in the tourism industry on this podcast and that is you. But right. <laughs> let's also get your book for the for the reading list. You okay. you co-author this book with your husband. Would you yes. uh for for persons that aren't familiar with your husband and his amazing service, would you introduce mm-hmm. him and you and your book and tell us about it? Sure. The book is Journey and my husband retired as the 19th chief of staff of the United States Air Force. The funny thing is on Facebook, everyone thought I was the one that wanted to write the book. Uh Of the two of us, he is the quiet one and I am definitely not. But it was not me. I did not want him to write a book. I wanted to keep more of it private. But again, there's nothing private about me at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but I um, really was the person that dragged her feet the entire process and really kept saying, please stop, please stop, which is really sort of funny. Um, Anyway... And he wanted it um, to be both of us. He really did. So we started the process. It was a long process. Neither one of us are writers. We went through a person. We, um, you know, talked to a person for five or six days. Mm-hmm. He, um, and then we slowly got through it. We had to actually go back and find pictures. We have boxes and boxes of pictures. But anyway, it's a wonderful story of the two of us. And um, Nort calls it the love story about him and the Air Force and <laughs> between him and me. Yeah. Um, and really, in the beginning, I have to say it might have been him and the Air Force and more, and it took maybe a few years for it to be more about me. Um, but it is definitely the two of us. And it's been a fun read, actually, as it kind of came together. Mm-hmm. And everyone laughed and says it sounds just like me when I write. Um, we do think opposite on many, many things. Um, and it does. It starts in the very beginning, and he really sort of opens his soul and talks about the beginning, uh, being growing up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, a single dad and all the issues with that. He talks about being Jewish, which he never talked about, uh, when he was on active duty. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he talks about, you know, our relationship and as it goes through. So I think it is a wonderful journey. And really for him, he's giving some life lessons and work lessons in there and some things he learned over time. And on my part, I'm giving an honest, um, representation or an honest story of my life as a military spouse, uh, warts and all. Yeah. I mean, you are not afraid to call people out. Like <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's, uh, I think I was laughing when you, you turned, um, you made a verb McPeaking, I think is what you, <laughs> and I can't believe he put that in the book because <laughs> in all honesty, you know, we did develop a, a, a friendship with McPeak, but that is the gospel truth because if he started acting snobby or if he was doing something that I thought was wrong, that's literally what I would say to him. And um, and he knew that was the ultimate insult, really, was to compare him to General McPeak. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 
that has some stories I won't share on air, but I, I've heard it from others. So there yes. you go. He was a tough yes. man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Who did actually soften over time and help me on a um, cemetery project in the Philippines. Mm. So I have to be nice to him because it took him about five years to make that happen. Oh, but wow. um, but and when he was on active duty, not so much. No. Oh, no. well, he's allowed to be soft in his retirement now. That's okay. <laughs> That's right. No That's right. judgment there. We welcome it. <laughs> Now, my husband has a request for you to tell a story about a metal object falling off of a wall. Would you be able to to tell this this story from the book? Yes, yes. We were dating, and um, as it turned out, we actually lived in the same apartment complex. So one night, we came home from a date, and um, we went to his apartment, and we were sitting there watching television, and he fell asleep. Now... Um, I still married him, so I'm not sure what's wrong with me. Uh, but I sort of got irritated at him falling asleep. Now, he was probably up at, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, but that did not matter to me. So I really got mad, and I slammed the door really hard of his apartment, and I heard a loud bang. Mm-hmm. And I did actually open the door back to see what it was. What it was was a piece of a pallet from um, a lapes drop. And LAPES, I'm not even sure what that stands for. Low, I think it stands for Low Altitude Parachute Extraction System. And it is a piece of a pallet that he had dropped out of the back of a C-130. And it was framed in this giant, as only a man and only a military man would do, would frame a giant (laughs) hunk of metal in a big shadow box. And it fell on his precious Sony television, which was probably the only nice item in his apartment that he owned at the time. And it did put a pretty good dent and um, into that Sony television. Did you get his attention? I did. I did. I did. He never forgot that ever. And um, not that he hasn't fallen asleep other times, but he never. That was a searing memory to him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite passage in the book that you would like to read to us? You know, I kind of flunked at the passage in the book that I wanted to read, but can I tell you the story of it? Would that be okay? Yes, please. And the passage comes from my first time to meet Secretary Don Rumsfeld. We went to a party at the chairman's house, and Mrs. Myers is to me one of my mentors as I became a senior spouse and still to this day I would love to be Mrs. Myers mm-hmm. but she always had these um, icebreaker type things and I don't normally like playing any kind of games or anything but we had to answer a series of questions and they were things like what's the last movie you saw, what's the last restaurant you went to, what's the last vacation you took on and on and on and my husband and I had just moved from Alaska to D.C. And so we had had 30 days. He had gone ahead of me. So I had not been to any movies or any restaurants. I had packed up my belongings by myself mm. in Alaska. Uh-huh. Um, I had I had moved across country. I had unpacked by myself at the house in Bowling. And if you, when I'm unpacking, I am getting ready because I'm going to have that house ready as fast as humanly possible. So I had really not done anything fun at all, which is not like me. So as we totaled up the scores, I ended up being at the worst table. (laughs) And I said I was at the loser table. So when Rumsfeld ended up sitting right next to me at this table, I said, oh, my gosh, this is not the table that I want to be at. (laughs) And he took offense to that. 
And he said, what do you mean? I said, I don't want to be the losers. I'm not like that. I'm not. I have fun in life. I don't want to just be a workaholic. Anyway, from that, we became fast friends. At the end of the dinner, he ran and got his wife, Joyce, and introduced her to me because he said that we had a lot in common. And um, I've loved him ever since mm-hmm. from that dinner. That's a good story. I like the idea of icebreakers. I haven't done that because typically I'm just yes. like, the icebreaker is I'm handing you whatever the beverages that I've made for the evening. Yes. But yes. And that's kind of what I do. A fun beverage breaks the ice every time. So I have never done any icebreaker that like she has done. So I, I might take it up though. I might try that. Right. So, um, who is the audience for your book? The audience for our book. I think he really aimed it mostly at Air Force people. Mm-hmm. For me, I hope the audience is military spouses because I think there's lots of lessons learned and that you can be yourself. You don't have to lose yourself as your spouse becomes more and more senior. It's a struggle sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but it, I think that's really the audience. It's kind of surprising the number of people in his organization where he works at Ben's. They're very excited to read that. Many of them are shocked at my input in the book because really very few men or very few military people write books and include their spouse. So that's really the audience. is. It's mostly aimed at military people, but we're hearing from people. When we posted that on Facebook, I didn't even post it. A friend posted it on Facebook. Um, we heard from people so far back. Mm. I mean, it's unbelievable. In fact, today we got an email from a chaplain when we were at Hurlburt in 93. I think, oh. um, that's enjoying the book and, um, and people are buying it and giving it to their children, which makes me happy. Yeah. I have to say that one, I really, it, it's great insight because I know a lot of military spouses and, and just by statistically it tends to be husbands that just make decisions unilaterally, unilaterally, but I, right. and, and your husband made some of those choices that you were not too happy about, but I also yes, feel like he really empowered you to make things right. Like when he got into higher and higher rank, right? He, like if you saw something wrong, you were like, he's, you have the power to go make it right. Like I love the story of you with the mom, with the baby in Florida and they're just yes. cooking and you're like, no, we have got to yes. change this today. Yes. I, so I really, I think that as far as what we want to see as a community in our, in our commanders and in our spouses is what, he allowed and empowered you to do. And so one, thank you to your your husband for that. And then secondly, um, there are a couple of passages where if you're a military spouse struggling to find a job or you're about to marry into the military and someone says, you have to be in the spouses club. You have to host dinners. You can't have a job. If you want to know who broke all those stereotypes and had the arguments for you, it was Susie and you can read about it in this book. Very true. Now, where can people find your book? I know that it's on Amazon. Do you have a website that they that you prefer they buy it from, or is Amazon the go-to place? Amazon is the go-to place. It's at Barnes & Noble as well, but Amazon is the go-to place. And mm-hmm. they I, they ran out pretty quickly. We did a, a not, not a huge you know first printing, but mm-hmm. I believe it's back and available now. And people have found it here in the States. They have been able to find it when they want to buy it in person at Barnes & Noble. So... Yeah. yeah, I think it would be a great, if you know someone who's like commissioning into the military, 
I think that would be a good gift too. Right. Yes. We're going to go down to Norfolk to uh, the joint course for intermediate service school folks. And they, um, we're going to do that in September. Someone that worked for us many, many years ago was excited. So they bought the book for that course. So we're going to go down there and talk about it. You know, it would be interesting. I think, you know, like in the Bible where they like print Jesus's words in red, they should have Susie's like highlighted in pink passages. So spouses (laughs) can get right to it. A lot of my friends have told me that they just, um, they just go through and watch and read the italic print because, you know, that's me and they figure that out kind of closely and they say, don't tell Nort that we do that, but (laughs) we want to see what you have to say. Because my, my, I mean, my part is, is sometimes funny and, um, you know, very, very honest and I'm not really making a point about it. I'm just trying to, you know, tell funny stories or things that happened. And, um, I'm still passionate about many, many things and, um, enjoying still making a difference even at this point. Yeah. So what is next for you? You've got the book. Are you speaking relating to the book or what's, what's on your radar right now? There's a couple things that we're speaking at. Like I said, we're going to go down and do a book signing in Fort Walton Beach in June, and that's going to benefit the Air Force Enlisted Village, of which I'm on their board. Mm. And then we're going to um, do something in Chicago. We're doing something in New York. So finally, just the book came out at the worst possible time for my husband and myself. Huh. We've been going nonstop. Um, next for me, honestly, is, um, in fact, we go to New York City tomorrow, and then I head to Colorado Springs for the Wounded Warrior games at the Air Force Academy. And I do that with my Fisher House Foundation hat on. I'm looking forward to that and hoping to, uh, I've been to every, I've been to almost every Wounded Warrior games for the last, you know, six or seven years. Mm. Um, So we're going to do quite a few book signings and things like that. Um, And that's just been coming from friends, really, and yeah. from Ben's members, you know, the organization that he works at now. We did something this weekend at the Congressional Country Club with the OSS Society, which is the precursor for the CIA. Mm-hmm. So we signed some books there and talked about the book there. Now, if someone wanted you to speak at an event either related to, you know, military spouses mm-hmm. or, or the book or anything like that, how could they reach you? Through the website? Through the website, and they can also, um, they could reach me on my personal email. That's the best place. Or they could reach me through my Facebook page. I have mm-hmm. two Facebook pages. I have Susie Schwartz and Mrs. Susie Schwartz, and I'm on both of them. And you'd be surprised. That is probably where 90% of my contacts are made is through my Facebook page. That's how we met. <laughs> I mean, we re- we went to St. Louis last week to retire someone that came through my Facebook page. Oh, wow. We flew to Hawaii to retire someone that came through my Facebook page. I'm asked to speak at lots of different events, and um, they all come through my Facebook page. It's amazing. Wow. I think that you need an agent is what I think that you need. <laughs> well, Susie, I thank you for being on this podcast Um Again, is there anything that you, you want to mention before I close it out? I can't think of anything else. I want to say thank you for having me and good luck to you and your career and military spouses out there in whichever endeavor. I enjoyed the travel industry and I think that would be helpful, but I think there's wonderful um, resources and the companies are out there willing and able and wanting to hire military spouses today. Fantastic. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you for being on the podcast. And this is Megan Chapa of the Travel Radio Online Podcast saying good night. <laughs>